Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Founders Create. Today we have Lawrence from Motley Fool. Welcome to the show, Lawrence. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, uh, how important is investor training for angel investors or individuals looking to pursue a career in private equity or VC? Or it's something that comes with experience? Um, well, I think that's a good question. I'm more familiar with uh, venture than private equity. And I think in venture that experience is probably the, the most important thing that certainly, you know, training can be helpful. And as the companies advance to later and later stages, um, more of the traditional investment analysis that you would be taught uh, will apply. But for the, um, especially for the earliest stage companies, you know, the ability to recognize the patterns of successful ideas and successful entrepreneurs and the ability to execute are all really important. And I think those are realized better through, um, through experience than through formal training, at least. Okay. And what advice would you give to someone who wants to be an investor and does not know where to start? Um, I think the, the advice that I would give is the advice that I give to almost everyone for everything. And that's read, learn, watch, uh, get out there. And you know, there's, there's some great books about venture capital. Um, you know, Scott Cooper has one just recently. Uh, Brad Feld has a number. Uh, Mahendra uh, Ramsagani has a, an excellent book on the business of venture capital. Uh, there are a bunch of uh, VCs who, who blog or have blogged, including uh, Brad Feld and, and Alan Morgan. Um, and um, once you've read and learned, uh, get out and see companies. Uh, and also, I think try to look at these companies that have become successful and see if you can trace that back to what they might have looked like, you know, well before they were um, what the successful companies that they later became. Uh, also, if I didn't mention it, just yeah, talk to talk to people as much as you can because people know a lot. So you, in the past few years of your experience being a VC, you would have come across uh, founders from different geographical locations. You know, so in your experience, how different do you think is the entrepreneurial DNA across different geographies, or do you think it falls under a uniform spectrum? You know, I think some years ago that maybe it was more different that the uh, that um, the U.S. in general and Silicon Valley in particular were um, you know, less risk-averse risk um, and perhaps more sophisticated in, in venture capital and just in starting companies. Uh, I think now there is much more of a uh, global uh, entrepreneurial culture, with the exception that I think there are places where um, maybe the investors are scrappier 
uh, I, or not the investors, I'm sorry, the founders, okay. uh, where I'm, I've been seeing some companies uh, from uh, uh, Kenya and Ghana and Pakistan, uh, which are uh, very dynamic and very determined. And I think they're willing to, as a general rule, uh, you know, put up with more hardship than uh, some people from, I don't know, the Valley or, or you know, or the, the tech centers in the US. Um, I don't mean that as an insult to people in the tech centers of the US, seeing as I actually am one of them. Okay. And uh, what's the big advice, you know, what's the best advice you can give to someone who's struggling with implementing a great idea and what exactly is a great idea these days? Um, okay, those are two uh, good questions. Uh, the first one, the, the advice that I give with someone who's struggling to, to implement the idea is to, uh, I think it's better not to be doing it by yourself and to get as much you know, feedback from potential customers or users for whatever it is that you're trying to create. Because a lot of times, the great idea that the founder has isn't exactly the same as the great idea that will appeal to the ultimate audience. And getting something like a, a minimum viable product or something like that out in front of people or even a mock-up or even just an idea and, and socializing it with people who will need to be convinced eventually to use or, or buy whatever it is that you're creating, I think is important. Now, in terms of what makes a great idea, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, and I don't always look for the great idea because I think that's, too hard. I often am looking for the really, really good idea. And I think the really good idea, the, the ones that are particularly attractive to me, and that's not what's particularly attractive to some other people, like, like for example, a, a Peter Thiel, would be something that takes a business or process or life situation that that we can typically understand uh you know uh actually we're having this conversation over zoom yeah a phone call is something that we understand or a interact you know a personal conversation is something that we understand that's the point uh but what and made something, made it possible to have this face-to-face -face conversation uh, you know, casually across, you know, across the globe. Uh, so you know, those are the ideas that I get really excited about, the, the ones that revolutionize the, the business, the, or disrupt, if you want to say that, the business or the process that uh, that is just normal to us and they make it easier, faster, better, or, or just sometimes more possible.
Wow. This brings me to my next question. So what do you think about AI in banking and financial services? I think, well, I mean, I think there are tremendous opportunities for AI in financial services. Um, and I think that, you know, it runs the gamut as AI becomes more sophisticated. Um, you know, it can, I mean, much of what AI does is recognize patterns. And so, um, you know, you see uh, recognizing patterns in communications for purposes of, you know, evaluating compliance in an organization. Uh, you know, make it, recognizing patterns in, uh, I mean, this is more, more sophisticated perhaps, you know, recognizing patterns in the financial markets and finding investment opportunities. Um, you know, I think there are, I think uh, it's a great area for um, application of AI. Uh, in part because it involves often repetitive processes, often large amounts of data that are already uh, already digitized. Yep. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, so I'm a, I am enthusiastic about the opportunities for AI and financial services. So financial mismanagement is one of the key factors why startups fail. Would you agree? And how much of a role does bookkeeping play into this? Um, I agree, and I think that bookkeeping is tremendously important because you need to know how much money you have and where it is. Um, I mean, without that sort of knowledge, um, you really don't understand your business. Uh, the financial mismanagement that, um, that I most worry about, though, is less people losing the money, you know, less, less of it than losing track of it, but just not managing it prudently. And I think that um, bookkeeping is tremendously important in that, but also having someone on your team who really understands, you know, where the money can go, where it should go, and the strategic value of finance. And do you, do you see in the near future of bookkeeping getting totally automated in first world countries like in North America primarily? I think it's a tremendous opportunity. I think yes. Um, I, mean, I, I, was, I touched earlier on the sort of processes, the areas in financial services that are best suited for AI. I mean, if you can get the data in a place which should be doable, then I would think that a, a lot of bookkeeping could could and probably should be automated. So I was going through your VC, your fund's website, so, you know, and I came across the tagline, you know, passionate about helping founders. So to what extent is my question? Uh, well, it might be better to ask the founders. Uh, we think we care a lot. Um, you know, the um, we have experience as operators at a venture-backed company, and we we do we have we know what worked for us. We know what we wished we had gotten from our VCs and hadn't. Um, so uh, we really want to. 
support entrepreneurs, you know, in their journeys. I think though that you would be hard pressed to find VCs who wouldn't say something like that, whether or not they felt the same way as we did. So I think that probably, um, I, I probably shouldn't talk about it too much. And instead, you know, we, we at Motley Fool Ventures will go about trying to, to live it. And I think that um, people will, I hope that people will see what it means. And I hope that we'll actually live up to it. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, we have no doubts about it. So last question, what advice would you give to budding entrepreneurs or people who are looking to raise capital and how and when should they reach out to Motley Food Venture? Um, so the advice that I would give to entrepreneurs uh, is that, um, you know, being an entrepreneur is very hard. Um, it is, uh, you are creating something where, you know, where it didn't exist. And you're not just creating it for yourself, you're creating it for a whole bunch of stakeholders, whether it is the people who are going to be, you know, buying or using your, your product or service, your um, employees, who you have to, you know, who's, who are putting their careers in your hands. Uh, and of course, your investors too. Uh, and um, so it's hard. Uh, be brave. Uh, talk to people. Get advice. But you know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you can't be the kind of person who is buffeted by whatever the most recent advice you heard. You have to be both, you know, open and firm. Uh, in terms of um, when should someone reach out to us, um, I think the best advice that I would give is that it shouldn't be the day you want to check uh, because uh, you know it's important to build a relationship with people before expecting them to uh, invest money with you. More specifically with us, you know, our focus is what we say early stage, which is essentially series A, whatever that means. It's, it's a company that has some traction, has some revenue, uh, and is ready now to try to, uh, to scale, to build, to build something, to build something more. Um, I think a little before that is a good time, as I said, because um, we'd like to get to know you. And, you know, sometimes we can give advice. It's, um, you know, we talk a lot. I apparently talk a lot. Uh, but uh, sometimes we'll say things that will be worth listening to. Uh, so um, that's about when you should reach out. Now, one other thing. The important thing is uh, you have to, you as an entrepreneur have to eat. Your company needs money to keep going. Uh, 
and, you, and you're you need to be able to pay the people that you have. So um, build into whatever the thinking is that you have uh, the time to complete whatever financing you're going to do because things often take longer than you anticipate, especially when you're filled with optimism as an entrepreneur. And um, it's very stressful, and I speak from experience, to try to be raising money when uh, your bank account is getting closer and closer and closer to zero, um, and, um, and it's cold outside, and you need heat and food and whatever else. So, Lawrence, thank you so much for spending the time out today for us. It was very insightful. And to our listeners, you know, keep on going to the website. It's foolventures.com. It's www.foolventures.com. And thank you, Lawrence, once again. Thank you very much, Mustafa. I enjoyed it a lot.